when we try to do something other than what God called us to do, it's exhausting. When we try to execute a plan using a calling that God gave someone else, when we try to comfort others, when we try to serve others in our community with something that God didn't ask us to do, we are exhausted, we are annoyed, and we are uncomfortable. And the way we end up experiencing community is through discomfort. And that's not what God had in mind. He plans that we use the unique gifts that he gave us to live in community and that we come together in harmony and that we can enjoy our families and love our neighbors and have lasting friendships. You're about to finally accomplish something you've been waiting for and working toward, but then you get sideswiped again. Maybe your life feels like a perpetual Groundhog's Day with the sink full of dirty dishes and the unending pile of bills. Perhaps it seems like no one can tell you've done anything when it feels like all you've done is everything. This is a podcast for the defeated dreamer, the discouraged achiever, and the exhausted perfectionist in all of us. Imagine having a simple plan, a strategy to use in those moments when you feel like you can never accomplish what's important to you, when the things you are doing don't make much of a difference, and when you're wondering, do I even matter? I'm Sherry Fletcher, and I have so been there, but what I've come to understand is that God has a plan for your life, and the enemy has a plot against that plan. This is why you need a spiritual strategy. I'm glad you're here, and we're on the same team, so let's work on a spiritual game plan together. Hi friends, I am glad you are joining me. It is March already, spring is in the air and I'm excited. I always love the beginning of each new season, but I am also glad to hopefully be saying goodbye to the chill of winter and looking forward to um, warmer days and sunshine and longer days. I love it when the sun stays up longer. So I'm Sherry Fletcher. And if you're new around here, I'd love to introduce you to myself since I always do a short bio of the guests on the show. And today I'm going solo. I'd love to share a little bit about me and my family. Uh, My husband Todd and I moved from Seattle to Tennessee in 2020. We have three kids and one of them stayed out in the Pacific Northwest when we moved and he got married in 2022. So we uh, gained a daughter-in-law, which we are thrilled about. Two of our kids are living out here in Tennessee and we're gonna be getting another daughter-in-law this fall in 2023. So we are just thrilled to be expanding our family. Uh, My husband and I, love living out here in Tennessee and we love to run and hike and be outdoors and exercise. We've done a couple half marathons here together in Tennessee. We have a dog Libby who's laying here at my feet uh, being very good and quiet. Um, So that is good. 
So I am a writer, a speaker, and of course, this podcast is something that brings me joy. Um, We miss our family out in the Northwest, but we are loving all things here in Seattle. So I am glad that you are joining me today on this podcast. I'm going to introduce the theme for March, which is having a game plan for hard conversations and conflict. I just got home yesterday from speaking in Southern California at my alma mater, Loma Linda University. And what I shared with the group of ladies fits perfectly with what I will be discussing with the guests on the show for the month of March. The theme for the event was centered around God's plan for community. And I'm going to also share a little fact about myself. I'm a word nerd and I love a good play on words. I love finding out as many different meanings and ways that I can use the words. And of course, I love looking into the root meaning of the words. So when I was given the theme community, I got out my dictionary and my thesaurus and my books on Latin. And okay, I Googled, I Googled the root word community. And the the C-O-M-M in community uh, comes from communis. So that can be also shortened to just C-O-M, and that means togetherness. So the C-O-M, togetherness, and then the unity put together is oneness, harmony, and agreement. So coming together in oneness or coming together in harmony, coming together in agreement. God's plan is for us to live together in agreement. And in 1 Corinthians 1.10, Paul is urging the church in the name of the Lord that we can all agree and that we have no divisions among us. And I was talking at this event about the different ways that God uses us in community. And of course, the obstacles that the enemy uses to keep us from community. And I was sharing how comforting is one way that we can be brought together in community. Because Paul later writes in 2 Corinthians 1.4 that God comforts us in our time of troubles so that we can comfort others. When we are troubled, we will be able to give the same comfort God has given us. So God's plan is community through comfort. And I love that concept because both words, community and comfort, start with the same prefix, that C-O-M, that togetherness factor. So community and comfort. So I could then dig into that root word of comfort, right? Because we had that C-O-M, togetherness, and then we had the root word for fort, which is strength, fortress. So God's plan is for us to be together in unity. And when we come together, we have strength. So community, when we're comforting together, we are all together in strength. So think of a time when someone has comforted you. And it's even important to maybe write down some of the things that they've done that have brought you comfort. Because I know having someone take time to comfort me has given me strength, knowing that I'm not alone. And also having someone cheer me on during a time when, you know, I'm enjoying something. 
it's all that has also given me strength. It's empowered me to know that I wasn't alone. So having community, being together comforts us and it gives us strength. So if you're a regular listener, you've heard me say God has a plan and the enemy has a plot against that plan. So at that event, I was talking about God's plan is for community through comfort. So what is the enemy's plot against that plan? That would be conflict then within our community. In the screw tape letters that C.S. Lewis wrote, he states perfectly how that plot is carried out. He states that the enemy can't create anything. It's only possible for him to take the good things that God has made and twist them. So now I want to take that Bible verse that I read in 2 Corinthians 1.4 and see how he does this. So God comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. So I'm going to start with God comforts us in all our troubles. So it's important to really look at some of the ways God has comforted you. So I wrote down that some of the ways God has comforted me are scriptures that I needed that day that were just perfect, or sometimes songs that will come on that really spoke to me. But Really, God brings family into my life, too, that that will call at the right time or who I know I can call on. Uh, I just the other day got a text from a friend just asking how she could pray for me. Um, That will happen randomly. That is God comforting me through friends. I love it when a neighbor pops by and just wants to say hi um, over the fence or uh, wants to take a walk or I have good friends that I can joke with or who are honest with me or I just know I can call on. That is how God comforts me in times of trouble. So I want to take the verse a little further. So God comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. So how are you wired? How did God create you to comfort others? I mean, we could spend an entire episode on this, and I'm going to touch a little bit on it later. But think about the things that you do naturally that you don't really even have to think about, but they probably comfort someone. And maybe you've been told that they comfort other people. Here are some of the things that I've been told that offer comfort to others. Um, I love to call and check in on people. Um, I've sat beside people that have been scared about something they're going to face. I love to write letters, so I've sent cards to people who need encouragement. And I've taken a young mother to lunch and listened to her when she's talked about her concerns in a direction that her child is heading. Those are things that I enjoy doing. They are things that God has wired me to do that, that bring comfort. The verse goes on to say, when they are troubled we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. How will we be able? God will provide us with what it takes to comfort them. Our unique way to comfort them. And I just gave you a list of how God wired me to comfort so that I'm able to do it. 
And some of the ways that you bring comfort to others are not ways that I would be able to do it. I I wouldn't enjoy it. I probably wouldn't be capable. And if I tried, it probably wouldn't comfort anybody. So if we go back to the phrase that God has a plan and the enemy has a plot against that plan, and we know God's plan is community, and I've chosen that his plan through community is through comfort, and the enemy's plot is against that plan by making conflict in our community, I want to continue talking about how he does that. He twists. He will twist what God has created. So the enemy will take what God created to help make us a community, comfort, and he will make it uncomfortable. So there's that twist. God created comfort and the enemy makes it uncomfortable. So if we go back to me loving to play with words, I looked up other words for uncomfortable. And other words for uncomfortable are disagreeable and unbearable. So there are some of the things that cause some conflict, right? So if you can think about some time um, when you've been in a community, some togetherness time that has been uncomfortable, maybe time with family has become unbearable. Maybe there's neighbors that you don't even want to look at because you disagree with everything they do. Maybe there's friendships that have been lost because asking for forgiveness is uncomfortable. So that's one plot of the enemy to take what God intended to bring us comfort within our community, such as families, neighbors, friendships, and make them uncomfortable, unbearable, and at times filled with disagreement. The other plot of the enemy then is to make us think that bringing comfort to others is going to bring us discomfort. And other words for discomfort are exhaustion, annoyance, and uneasiness. So the enemy wants us to think that if we have to bring someone else comfort, it's going to cause us exhaustion, uneasiness. It's going to It's going to be uncomfortable for us. We're going to have some discomfort when we bring others comfort. So I asked some of my friends, what keeps them from extending comfort within their community? And here's some of the answers I got. After working all day or at the end of a week, having to have people over to my house or even making a meal will exhaust me. Well, there's a person in our congregation that is so annoying, and I just don't want to have to get stuck listening to their issues for hours and hours. I'm actually an introvert, and I get really uneasy around a group or if there's people I don't know. As you can imagine, these concerns and many, many more keep us from extending comfort within our communities. But I want to point out something at the end of that verse. So I'm going to read the verse again. God comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. 
And then there's two words that I wanted to point out. When they. I think that the they are those people that God puts in our life. The people that he needs us to comfort. So that when they, those people, have a conflict, whether it's differences or what it is, God says, we will be able to. God will provide us with what it takes to comfort them. Our unique way to comfort them, our unique way to resolve a conflict, and our unique way to love someone through a difference. So I would love to share an example. Uh, My husband and I saw a piece of art that we really liked. And so we bought it. And if anyone listening knows me, I am not, I don't know how to decorate. I don't enjoy it. I can't really put color schemes together. Um, So decorating is just not who I am. (laughs) And so we didn't really have a specific place that we were going to put this. We just really liked it. So we got home and we kind of tried it in different places. We just, you know, held it against the wall here or there and couldn't agree. And we just kind of, you know, said, well, we'll think about it later. So we would randomly try it here and there, other places, and just couldn't agree on it. And it, it got exhausting. And so I left it. And then I'd have to look at it every day and remind me that I had no idea where to put that. And it was probably a month or so of us going, are we going to hang that? Where are we going to put that? And seeing it every day exhausted me. The thought of trying to hang it exhausted me. Um, Measuring and trying to make sure it was exactly where it needed to be. And I was really frustrated. And one day a friend of mine called uh, for something and asked me what I was up to. And I, I told her I was trying to figure out what to do with this piece of art and that I had no idea where to put it. And she said, well, I'm going to be in your area tomorrow. I'll stop by and see what I can do. Now she's a decorator. And so I said, great, that would be wonderful. So she came by and she also brought a vase of flowers. Another thing you might not know about me is I actually don't enjoy gardening and arranging flowers is a, as a absolute no, I don't know how to do that either. And so she had this beautiful vase of roses from her garden. And also they weren't just stuck in a vase. They were arranged at all different heights. They were also different colors. And she had just happened to clip some greenery from a bush and stick it in there. But it was perfectly stuck in there. And it was just, you know, something you would see on Pinterest, of course. So she brought me this vase and she's like, oh, here, I thought you might enjoy this. And she looked at the art piece and she walked around the house and it was hung within five minutes. No measuring tape, just eyeballed it, hung it. And it was like instant, all my exhaustion and overwhelm was gone. It was perfect. I loved where she put it. Uh, That heaviness on my chest was gone. And I had really nice flowers to look at too. So my friend did not have to make me a meal. She didn't have to have me over to her house. And I asked her if cutting flowers from her garden and thinking about how to arrange them and 
if thinking about where to hang my piece of art exhausted her. And she said, no way. I love doing that stuff. So when we try to do something other than what God called us to do, it's exhausting. When we try to execute a plan using a calling that God gave someone else, like if she were to try and organize an event, which is what I love to do, that would exhaust her. So I told her, I will organize the event and you will decorate it. That would be something that would work great. When we try to comfort others, when we try to serve others in our community with something that God didn't ask us to do, we are exhausted, we are annoyed, and we are uncomfortable. And the way we end up experiencing community is through discomfort. And that's not what God had in mind. He plans that we use the unique gifts that he gave us to live in community and that we come together in harmony and that we can enjoy our families and love our neighbors and have lasting friendships. And so this month, I want to help you develop a strategy for living out that plan because the enemy has a very strategic plot against it. And I have three guests lined up over the next three episodes who are going to share how to love through disagreements. They're going to invite you to just come and sit with them. One will share the power of being authentic in hard conversations and how biblical boundaries actually bridge the conflict gap. So I hope that you plan to join me here every Tuesday on the Your Spiritual Game Plan podcast. I'm glad you're here. I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate hearing from my listeners, and I would love to have you visit my website at yourspiritualgameplan.com. Join my email list to get my newsletter and current downloads. Also, leaving a rating and review helps me know that the show makes a difference. And if today's episode would bless a friend or family member, please share it with them. I'll be back next week with another spiritual game plan.